What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. How's it going today? I know that everybody is out there just living their best life. Let it shine, let it shine. Um, Today's episode is another special treat where we talk about the first movie in the uh, After the Snap watch party. That movie would be Captain America, the first Avenger. But no, 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 it's not just me. I'm talking with friend of the show, Adam DeColibus, who's author of the upcoming novel, Caravan. He's gonna join me in a discussion and he's talking about this movie from the perspective of someone who's seen it for the very first time. So that was a lot of fun. Um, Before we jump into the episode, I'm gonna give you guys another little tiny snippet of information. The last uh, news episode that I shared with you all was about um, what one piece was that Aquaman was going to have early screenings for people who were Amazon Prime members. So um, if you are a member of Amazon Prime, then you just bounce right over to um, to the Aquaman site and you all will be able to get your advanced screening tickets just like I did. Um, it's only in select theaters, so take a look at that and see if it's something that interests you. If that is a little too difficult, if you're not an Amazon Prime subscriber, then you could possibly be interested in seeing Bumblebee early. So Bumblebee is doing its early screenings on December the 8th, which is a Saturday, um, 7 o'clock. That's their only slot for their uh, early screening. And you can just go and, um, gosh, I don't even remember how I found it. But tell you what, just, uh, just Google search Bumblebee movie and it will bring you up to the page where you could... Uh, Purchase advanced tickets again only in selected theaters, of, of course, and that time slot is 7 p.m. Saturday, December 8th. The uh, Aquaman one was uh, 7 p.m. December 15th. If you guys are interested in seeing the movie a week or so, so early, that's a good idea because there's so much coming out that weekend. So, with all that being said, We are going to jump right into the episode. I will catch you guys on the other side. All right, Adam, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Latasha. Oh, not a problem. It's always fun to uh, to to bounce these uh, ideas from these movies off of one another. And oh, I know. Spe- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> say, speaking of which, this was your first time seeing this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. This is my first time ever seeing it, and let me tell you what it was. It was a shock seeing him in the beginning. Uh, uh, how he was just absolutely skinny. That that just blew my mind because uh, whenever I think of Captain America, I always thought of him as being uh, much, much bigger. And right. at the beginning, I'm like, oh my God, 
Oh my god, he's tiny. Where did they find this twelve year old to play Captain America? <laughs> right, right. I have I have no idea how they did that. Well they actually had a body double. There was actually a person who was that small and frail, and they just superimposed Chris Evans' head onto his body. It it started to become apparent for after a little while, but but in the beginning it was like, whoa. <laughs> Man, I wonder. I wonder where they found the body double. I wonder if it was uh, um, like a legit twelve-year-old, or if they got somebody who was who was that uh, who's that small. I can't remember for certain. It seems like I remember that that it was an actual adult. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know it was. Uh, it was funny. Um, I was joking with one of my friends uh, as I as I was watching the movie. I said that he's. In, in the film, he's probably one of the only people who looked like a Holocaust survivor before it ended. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, you probably are right. He looked really, really. And then, uh, like that, there's that scene where he was uh, trying again to to uh, enlist, and they had all of his medical problems. And I'm like, this kid. <laughs> Is, he's gonna die if the drill sergeant screams at him. So he had a lot of issues. <laughs> right, he he does a pull up and he's done. That's the end of Captain America. <laughs> right, it was, it was a good idea, but yeah, the, the kid wouldn't go make it. But yeah, no, he did. <laughs> yep, oh, he did. He did for sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, Captain America is definitely a success uh, a success story for all the skinny people out there. Right, right. All you need is somebody to need to do a. Uh, uh, super soldier pro- uh, project on you and <laughs> right be Captain yeah. America <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what did you think of the we won't talk about the story story just yet what did you think about the visuals do you think that they captured the um, World War two era uh, look I think they did. I, well, obviously, since it's a uh, Marvel movie, they they went over the top, and I I liked it. They they took some things uh, and made it extreme, and other things they they really honed in the detail. And one of the things that I thought was brilliant that they did is in the beginning of the movie, when he's getting in a fight uh, in an alley. Something that I thought that they did really well is uh, uh, they really nailed the placement of the trash cans and of the posters and everything, just the whole vibe. Uh, obviously, I've never been in an alley in the 40s, but it just right. seemed like, you know, that's how I'd imagine it to be. And, you know, they really nailed that. Other things, they they uh, they did a really good job of, of blending the 1940s feel with the futurist themes, uh, with the technology and the, the things being developed. So I right. think they really nailed it, but they did a really, they, they did a really good job of balancing the futuristic stuff with the historical aspects of the film. Yep, I felt that same way. You know, it was um, actually given a lot of uh, acclaim for the costuming and for the for actually the vibe. The whole cinematography of the 1940s, they, they were given a lot of accolades for how they captured it. Of course, just like you, I wasn't quite around in the 40s, but... <laughs> I did. I, I felt like I had jumped into the uh, the Wayback Machine and was actually on that that uh, that set with them. That they did a good job 
of, of uh, capturing the era. Yeah, yeah, so for now, sure. Now let's talk a little bit about the story, just a little bit. All right. Where, where did you get lost? <laughs> what part lost you? Or were you able to follow along? I, I was able to follow along pretty well. Uh, I would say a little bit of the beginning lost me. Right. Where uh, uh, the Nazis are going into the village, uh, I obviously I felt like it was part of, um, like it would have been like they were picking up from a from another film. I didn't really know what was going on, but I liked that. It felt like they were just throwing you right into the action. But right. it didn't really lose me. If any place lost me, I would say it's uh, when he becomes super famous. Once he uh, like right when he's starting to get known as Captain America, and he starts touring and everything like that. That lost me just a little bit. But other than that, I I stayed with the film pretty much 100%. And that is one of the things that I've I've been uh, reiterating to my audience, to people who uh, who are not like sci-fi heads, who are not Marvel comics zealots like I am, <laughs> that they could uh, that any of these movies is is set up to be a standalone pic- picture. So any person should be able to walk into any movie and get entertainment value out of it. So I like the fact that even without all of the uh, backstory that goes along with these movies because they are all connected in a way, you are able to come out with the uh, the gist of the movie. There's no lost feeling. Of course, you know, we're, we're talking about a person who writes for a living. So, <laughs> so I guess it would be pretty hard to lose you, but um, you just proved my point. Right, right. They did an excellent job of, of holding my attention, though. There's, there's, uh, there wasn't a moment where I felt like, okay, I was thinking about anything else or I was daydreaming. None of that. They, they definitely caught my attention. And uh, like you were saying, how all the movies were connected. When uh, they're in the, the part of the movie where they're going to inject him with the serum uh, in the laboratory uh, to, to make him Captain America, and they made a reference to uh, 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 Edward Stark. I, I guess. Howard, yeah. I thought, yeah, oh, sorry, Howard. I thought, oh my God, that's, that's you know, the, the father of Tony Stark. Like, oh my yes. God, this is all connected. And right. I loved how, yeah, I loved how they, they made that connection that really just made the film seem a lot uh the the grasp of the world that they were showing and made it a lot yes. wider than just and, uh, and that, that universe actually starts to get smaller even because all of these characters come back into play at some point um all of the main characters that you saw with the exception i believe of uh oh what is his name how did i just tommy lee jones <laughs> every, uh, yeah every other character of the main characters, they, they get called back uh, on the back end of these 22 films that are all connected together. You actually get to see Howard Stark uh, kind of interact with Tony in, in later films. And you actually get to see, uh, oh, what is Peggy? You get to see his reunion with Peggy in other films. Uh, of course, she was very old, and he was still very young. But, <laughs> but it um, it makes it makes that universe a little bit smaller to me, where where you can see how all of these things could connect. 
if you under, if you get what I'm saying. I'm, I don't know if I'm if I'm explaining oh, no. it well. <laughs> yeah, no, you're no, you're making a lot of sense. You're making a lot of sense. It's yeah, there. You know what? When you when you say it that way, it definitely does make the world smaller because uh, you get to see the connections. It's like you know uh, when they make the connections, it has a double effect. It makes the world that they're portraying seem seem very large, but it can also make it seemed very uh, intimate because they're right. connecting all the characters and you get to see the crossover happen. Uh, yeah, I definitely say it, uh, it makes that happen as well. That's a, you said that so much better than I did. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, oh, you no, saved you, you me nailed. there, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you, you did a great job. <laughs> okay, so, now we we talked a little bit about the, uh, the story. We talked about the cinematography, the visuals. Let's talk about the complete plot. Because, um, admittedly, you're not a sci-fi fan, did you find that plot, like, uh, engaging for, for a person who is not necessarily into sci-fi? Yeah. Yeah, I found it, actually, I found it pretty engaging. It... What I like that it had going on, and a lot of other uh, uh, films and books do this, this is a, a common way of keeping your attention, is that they have two stories being told at the same time. Right. Uh, and that's, you know, we have Captain America, and then we have uh, Red Skull's story being told, uh, and they're both eventually going to gonna collide. Right. And I thought that the, the way that they did that, it was it was pretty effective because almost at the end of each uh, uh, main scene, they would end it on a cliffhanger and then they would go to uh, either Red Skulls or Captain America. So when a new development would come in, they would, they would you know, leave you on hold and then go right. to the other one. And I thought that was an excellent way of, of uh, leapfrogging from one, one plot point to the next with, with great grasp over your attention. I really enjoyed it. But good. So... You said you enjoyed it, and I really wanted to wait on that. I didn't want you to enjoy it just yet. <laughs> but, but since since you've uh, you've touched on it, is it a movie that you would recommend to anyone you know, anybody that you know? Yeah. Do you have to be a a, a superhero fan to enjoy the movie? Is is I guess the question. I would say it helps. <laughs> Uh, I would say, you know, if you if you enjoy superhero films and you're into uh, uh, the Marvel Universe, I'd say go ahead, for sure. It's got to be a must because it, it connects to everything else. Right. But if you're someone who's in my position, well, I, I've seen a couple of the other uh, of the Marvel movies. I've seen uh, a lot of Iron Man, a little bit of Thor. Um, I would say, yeah, I'd say go ahead and watch it. It's definitely pretty good. And if you're into Iron Man as well, it would be a, a nice touch to see the, the Howard Stark connection made there. Right. So now, there was this little movie called Infinity War that came out last year. Not sure if you've heard of it. Did, did you hear of that movie? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard of it. I heard of it, but I didn't see it. Adam, you, it is actually... You know what? Because I'm, I'm a, a, a nerd. We're this kind of nerd because we're all some kind of nerd, but I'm this kind right. of nerd. So because right. I'm this kind of nerd, it was like, it was like Oscar worthy. <laughs> it was a pivotal a pivotal tale in the life of anyone. And I am highly recommending 
everybody in the world to see that movie. And um, quickly, because there's a sequel coming out, of course. <laughs> so, but uh, the, all of these movies tied together. The little bitty movie that just came out, Infinity War, is uh, like the culmination of all the events over all these 22 movies. And um, I recommend that you see the movie and I would love to talk to you again. If you ever watch that movie, I would love to talk to you again and see what you think of it because, uh, but of course you, you would have to watch a few more movies <laughs> to, yeah. to, make it, to make it all make sense. But um, Right, right. Yeah. I have to get some context. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it it it, it, uh, it all ties back. It all goes back to Steve Rogers and his relationship with his friend Bucky. And uh, what did you make of that relationship? How did you feel those two characters? Uh, how did you feel that they? Well, of course, you saw you saw one thing though, so you didn't see the other. <laughs> now I, I didn't see up. the other. I, uh, a friend told me that uh, in Winter Soldier, she spoiled it a little bit. Okay. She said that in uh, Winter Winter Soldier, uh, the friend Bucky comes back and uh, he, he lost arms. Uh, uh, the villains give him a, uh, a robotic arm and you know, he has to come back and uh, Captain America has to go save his friend because they, they brainwashed him and everything. But I thought that they... The relationship between Bucky and Steve Rogers, they did a fantastic job at at, show, at showing you the dynamics. So in the beginning, you see, you know, Bucky, uh, uh, you see Bucky and you see how he's sort of already a hero in the way uh, he's a hero to Steve Rogers. He's wearing the uniform, you know, he's got the girls and everything, you know, he's, he's a stud, studly guy. Right. And, and later as the film goes on you slowly get to see the dynamic uh switch the the tables get turned steve rogers becomes uh captain america he becomes the hero and uh bucky sort of gets to see uh himself uh, this is kind of kind of a, a, diff a difficult concept to explain but he, the the positions get reversed and i thought that was really interesting because even through that you would expect for there to be uh, uh, like a clash of the egos, right? That he wouldn't like being dethroned, and he wouldn't like to see his friend uh, uh, taking the, the the throne as the hero of the story. Right. But when that happens, you can see that they actually have a close re relationship because they can still coexist. So I right. thought that was really interesting. There was only like one scene where I thought Bucky might have been railing against Steve, and it was just like for a brief second when. Steve came in and uh, when they were on the train and Steve yeah. came in and, and then Bucky said, I had him on the ropes. Well, actually, Bucky, no, you didn't. That was the <laughs> only time, the only time that I saw Bucky kind of like, you didn't even have to come in here, guy. I had it, you know, but uh, yeah. but like you said, it, it seemed like they were close enough and you learned that they were close enough uh, throughout they're growing up as both of them being orphans and you know uh bucky kind of being a protector you, you you get the feeling that their relationship was so strong that this was something this was small to them even though it was monumental to everybody around them it was a small thing for for uh steve 
to kind of take on the protector role. Mm. And he felt like he owed it to him, you know? He yeah. felt like he owed him to go and save him and do whatever he could do to make sure Bucky came out of the war alive. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you. And it's funny you mentioned that on the train. I When, when uh, the door shuts and Bucky and uh, Steve are separated, uh-huh. for a quarter of a second there, I thought, did, did Bucky just uh, 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 he did. And, yeah, well, I thought I thought he ambushed uh, Steve Rogers. Oh, yeah. So no, I thought he was like, okay. like trapping him or something. Like he worked out a deal with Red well, Skull or, or something like that. It did look that way. It did look that way because, like, why would you shut that door? But he wanted to shut the door to prove that he could do it, that he could take on this part himself, and also in an attempt to protect Steve. Still, he they they still have that dynamic of of who was the protector in this you know so yeah mm-hmm. I, but i got the same vibe that you did adam and and this was only on this watch that i actually said you know what he looked like he you know <laughs> he looked like he <laughs> and he looked like it was intentional you know so i agree 100 percent right. that that was uh that was something and maybe it was intentional on the on joe johnston the director's part to kind of make your mind make this leap because yeah. eventually, uh, the leap is not so, it, it's not such a, uh, a, a broad jump. Because, like your, your, when your friend told you about Winter Soldier, you see some things did end up occurring. So it's not a big jump to think that they may have gotten to him in the first movie. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because when you see, when you see him close the door, it really does make you think. It really, it really made me think because during the whole action sequence that followed, it, it helped me in such uh, a tight suspense because right. I, I wouldn't actually know if it was a trap or not. You know, yeah, I could kind of figure it out. I could kind of see, okay, as as Bucky's actually fighting the other guys, uh, it wasn't actually a trap because he's fighting the other guys. <laughs> right, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, little by little, I got to see. Okay, it's not actually a trap, but that really, um, that really made that scene seem special because in the in the events that are happening, you get to see uh, a sort of their campaign against the Nazis uh, uh, transition, and I thought that was a really interesting uh, right. uh, thing that they did there. What? Okay, so now we've we've, we've covered everything on a scale. Let's let's give us a. a I don't want to do a one to ten. That's how you brought one to five. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's go one to five. What What do you What were your opinions, or what was your feel after watching the movie? Okay, one to five. I'd rate it about. I'd rate it about a four. And okay. I thought it was I thought it was really good, but it definitely it's uh, uh it's that it's that acquired taste. Right, but I mean, I, if you I, gave I it a four, know. that's incredible because you know, <laughs> a lot of people would have said three, like right in the middle. Okay, yep, it was it was a good movie. I I wouldn't, you know, I, I it's not something that you would have chosen to see, but you didn't feel like you wasted two hours. <laughs> I hope. Oh no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> no, and and one interesting thing that uh, it was a it was a really small detail that they I don't know if it was intentional or not. 
But one small detail that that pushed me over the edge from three to four out of five is the whole um, the plot that's happening and uh, uh, where the the Nazis are developing the weapons and they're experimenting with different things. Right. I thought that was really interesting because it reflected what was actually happening uh, right. in the Second World War. Like the you know the Nazis invented like the first jet, like they had the helicopters and everything. Like they didn't actually have helicopters in the Second World War, but they had uh, all sorts of prototypes. They invented uh, the precursor to the AK-47. They mm-hmm. they invented so many things uh, that that were just one step up. And I thought they did a really uh, interesting job like even with the change of technology they made it futuristic they made it seem that uh, uh, Nazi Germany was still uh, uh, experimenting and still one step ahead on the engineering side of things so that's right. that was one that was one little uh, one little detail that pushed me over from three to four and then another thing that I noticed about that it within that same vein is when they caught uh, Dr. Arnim Zola and they were like, you know, they were basically what they did to a lot of the scientists in the the Second World War. They allowed them to come over to the United States and help. Uh, what what word am I? Invent, I guess, invent some <laughs> technology for for the U.S. So right. they gave Armin, what is his name, Arnim Zola. The exact same kind of little deal. Like you can you can spill <laughs> what you know about Johan, and you can come over here, and, and we can and we can make these weapons over here. So right. I saw that as a uh, you know as another historical nod of what they were doing. You know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And there were definitely some other nods, uh, even from. Well, I'm forgetting his name right now, but it was the the doctor that noticed Steve Rogers and thought that he would have been a good uh, candidate for oh. the for the program that they were running. Uh-huh. Um, uh, what what's his name? Doctor Abraham Erskine. Erskine. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, him. Yeah, I I noticed that uh, uh, in some interactions between him and Steve Rogers, the way that he talked, it almost seemed as if uh, he was ma- he was talking in the past tense about the second world war it almost seemed like he was uh, um uh, almost like a historian he was saying you know people will remember us as this and that and right i i thought that was a really uh, uh artistic and tasteful nod towards uh the fact that you know they're also trying to even though it's very futuristic they're also pointing in the direction of a, a part of history that was very real right well and of course I, it wouldn't be a a marvel movie if there wasn't the Stan Lee uh, yeah. cameo, mm-hmm. and of course uh, we recently, of course, uh, lost Stan Lee. Uh, after living, he lived a long and full life. So those people mm-hmm. who are running around talking about Stan Lee could have lived another ten or fifteen years, the quality of life would have definitely declined. I think he went out on a high note, but uh, <laughs> with the Stan Lee vision, with all of this, that's really what. Uh, what gets me is that you know he conceived of this stuff right at the height of the war and uh, going into like uh, the Captain America story as far as this, the superhero himself not this movie just the, the, the person do you think that that person 
either played a propaganda role in in uh, the, the the World War II era, or did he symbolize hope? Because we got people on both sides of the fence, and I'm kind of right in the middle. So, what do you think? Hmm. I think. Well, that's a very that's a very interesting question. I think uh, that the idea of a Captain America, it definitely. I, I, you know, I would agree with your point of view on it. I would be, I would say I'm right in between. Uh, there could definitely be the propaganda aspect of it, but there's also the the symbol of hope and the symbol that uh, they could get through the struggle that was happening in Germany and in the, the Pacific. Yeah, I, you know, I definitely agree with your opinion on it. Uh, and I'd say that they even they even showed that aspect a little bit of it in the film itself yes. by, you know, having him, you know, tour and all that. Right. And, yeah, you could almost you could almost see that that uh, they can, you can see the him being uh, used as propaganda, and then you can see him actually wanting to uh, serve as a symbol of hope. Right, because Stanley was in in the military, uh, in the army during World War Two, and he kind of I got a whole episode about it, but he kind of was in, <laughs> was in a, basically the writing department where he drew he did do cartoons he did do slogans and it's not a hard jump for me to say he did propaganda you know so i'm like well you know this is this may have been uh art imitating life because he kind of i think he did do propaganda that's that's a a tasha opinion it's not it's not substantiated anywhere but i think he did (laughs) yeah wow I, I didn't know he was in the army. That's yeah. Wow. The 1942 to 1945. So yeah. And then he came right back to to Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I I wonder I wonder how um, history would have been changed if World War II didn't happen. Wow. I wonder how that would have affected. Uh, his idea. That's that's a pretty interesting thought. Captain America probably would not <laughs> have been on the top of <laughs> list of, of characters to come up with. I mean, there would have been no need for a Captain America if there was no war. Captain America, maybe. Is, you know, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe he would have uh, come across the idea during Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, but well, you know what? We won't. I won't even do that because I can do this all day, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just like Steve Rogers, I can do this all day. And I'm just about to bring it to Vietnam, but another time. Um, I would like to thank you, sir, for joining me today with this discussion. Is there anything that you have upcoming that you would like to share with the audience? Well, firstly, I want to say definitely thank you. This is a pleasure talking. And uh, yeah, so I do have a book coming out. It, the name is called Caravan, and uh, it's going to be out on uh, in ebook form and in paperback, and it's going to be on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, wherever you can get it. And the premise of the story, it's about this man from England who, a little after World War One, winds down. He, he gets sent to the Middle East to take pictures of the culture and of the desert. And while he's there, he starts falling in love with uh, the desert. Actually, he starts falling in love with. Uh, what it means to him and the idea of freedom because his entire life has been uh, playing by other people's rules and now that he's out there in the desert uh, with this caravan he 
he was forced to make a decision between uh, living the life that he wants to live and uh, going back to England and uh, uh, working for the newspaper that sent him out there. And uh, yeah, that's what the story's about. And uh, uh, definitely has uh, some historical uh, aspects of it. And uh, yeah, that's that's what it's about. So, audience, if we can get into if if we can get Adam to get into uh, sci-fi fiction or sci-fi history, then we can definitely <laughs> definitely go into some historical fiction. Especially those are like me who like to read. Uh, grab the book. And uh, we will definitely be letting Adam know exactly how we feel about it. Let him know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, you, you came here and you gave us your opinion. And I think we should we should return the favor. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that would be great. You know, <laughs> if you like, if you like, uh, I'm going to be getting some uh, paperback copies soon from our manufacturer. If you like. I could send you. I could send you ten signed copies of them. But when I get it, and uh, maybe you you could have a little giveaway or something. That sounds great. Oh, it'll be nine that'll be going out to the give to the to the readers. <laughs> I'll be keeping one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> sounds like a plan, Adam. <laughs> Thank you so much, Latasha. It's been a pleasure talking with you. It's been great talking to you as well. And good luck with Caravan. Uh, Thank you. Good luck to you as well. Thanks. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the episode. Uh, That was a lot of fun. It was very, very, very nice talking to somebody who had a fresh perspective on the Captain America movie. And Adam uh, actually saw a lot of things that this these old veteran eyes didn't see until I watched it a couple of times so uh kudos to Adam for joining me for that segment also let's remember Adam's uh, novel Caravan is coming out soon um he says that you can purchase it through Amazon and other sellers it will be an ebook and also in paperback so we shall support Adam in his good work um I'm not 100% sure that I have anything else. Today is uh, Thanksgiving, the day that I'm actually uploading this. So I just want to tell everybody, happy Thanksgiving. For those who are not with their families for Thanksgiving, just listen to this and you can be right here with me in the virtual refugee camp because I'm kind of on an island myself this year. So um, nothing else to be said. We will see you the next episode. But before you go, before you go, I almost forgot. Go over to iTunes, please. Rate and review the show. Share the show with friends. And then, if you'd like to contact me, you can do so at afterthesnap at gmail.com. Tell me all of your wild ideas for uh, up, upcoming episodes, future topics, or what you thought of the discussion that Adam and I had about uh, Captain America today. Also, your homework is to, to watch the next movie in our watch party, which is Iron Man. Um, we're going to discuss Iron Man on one of our future episodes. I'm going to say that it'll be 
next week Friday's episode. So I look forward to that. And if there's since there's nothing else, since there's nothing else, I thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you on the flip.